Liam Del Pilar, and you are on Fired Up. And let's get right into it. Tonight, we are going to talk with our guest, with our guest, Karen Roseberry, on the latest SCOTUS decision, which is a big one. And Karen's going to fill us in on that. First of all, Karen is a California native with a bachelor and master's degree in political science. She spent years working in education, politics, and project management. Karen has managed state assembly and congressional campaigns, and that will be key tonight. And she's worked in varying capacities in state senate and gubernatorial races. And she was also a candidate for California's 2016 United States Senate seat. Her focus and passion include grassroots cultivation, training, and development. Let's welcome Ms. Karen Roseberry. Karen, as always, thank you for coming on. Your knowledge does help educate the masses and we truly appreciate it. How are you tonight? I'm well. William, thank you so much for having me on. It's always a pleasure. I appreciate it. And I always look forward to, to the opportunity to keep you in check as well, too. Well, tonight we are going to discuss a very heated topic. And you will tell us about the decision, the ramifications. But to the average novice out there, Roe versus Wade was overturned. There's a lot of I'll be frank, there's a lot of lying going around by the other side because the most powerful uh, tool in politics is emotion. Translation, emotional hate. And that's what we're seeing right now. So we need you to really educate the people as to what this decision means. My first question to you, when this decision came down, what were your initial thoughts? Surprise, vindication, expectation? What went through the mind of somebody who's been in the trenches and fought the political wars? Sure. So there's a lot to unpack there. I think after the Politico leak of the potential decision, which turned out to essentially be the decision, there wasn't nearly as much surprise over the final delivery that we saw on Friday. So I think that there is certainly an element of surprise for kind of a generation that has been under the, the Roe decision. But this is not unprecedented by any stretch of the imagination with the Supreme Court of the United States. So just to back up a little bit, yes, um, it was kind of introduced that Roe was overturned. The overturning of that decision was with the, the Dobbs decision, Dobbs versus Jackson. But one thing that needs to be called out super clearly because it's being misstated, it's being inferred, it's being implied, and it'll go in a whole lot more directions as well. But this did not ban abortion. In, in no way, shape, or form did this decision implement a federal or a constitutional or a nationwide ban on abortion. It did overturn Roe v. Wade, which had prohibited states from passing legislation that regulated abortion in a, in a number of ways. And so what this decision did is it kicked it back to the states. And by kicking it back to the states, we mean that the states now actually have to do what they were supposed to do all along. And that's hash out the legislation for what their constituents, what their voters, what their residents want within their borders. And so we're seeing a lot of different responses from a lot of different states across the country. Right. So how does this jive with the Constitution, though? I mean, this is terrible. This is seventh, eighth grade history, what we should be learning. But yet so many people are oblivious. Can you just simply tell them, tell the audience exactly how it breaks down constitutionally? 
Absolutely. And I think it's, no, it's super important because I was already hearing even just, you know, constitutional law pundits kicking around, you know, what has to be done. And at least it, it was accurate in conveying that if abortion were to be outlawed, it would require a federal law. Really, because of the controversy surrounding this, it's going to require a lot more than a federal law, because otherwise we would see Congress flipping back and forth and the law constantly changing. So that's not going to be what's happened, and that has not been what's happened. And in 2016, Republicans controlled the House, the Senate, and the White House, and no such federal law was ever passed or even proposed to ban abortion. So this is a fear-mongering tactic that we're hearing. I, I want to answer your question, though, so I'm going to keep going for one second, and then you can jump in with a question. What would have to be done if there was ever to be a banning of abortion would be a constitutional amendment would have to be added to the United States Constitution. And it does need to be distinguished that that is separate from each of the state constitutions, because later on the show, we might talk about what California is doing a little bit. But to get a constitutional amendment passed, it requires two thirds of both houses. So that's the House of Representatives and the United States Senate to say, this is the constitutional amendment language that we want to see passed. And then three fourths of the states have to approve that language by their state legislators passing it through. Sometimes state legislators uh, will send it to the voters uh, for a vote of a, of a constitutional amendment uh, of that nature, but, but it has to be passed by three-fourths of the states in the manner that they've set up and prescribed for the passing of the, the amendment. So two-thirds in both houses plus three-fourths of the states would be necessary to pass a constitutional amendment. We are far, far from that, and, and that's why it has had this, this blanket level of authorization by the Supreme Court, but the Supreme Court was never a legislative body. Exactly. They never actually passed a law. They simply struck one law down, and in striking that law down, it prohibited states from passing other laws. And now the Supreme Court is saying that law shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been struck down because it overstepped the authority of the federal court system. It is a state's rights issue. It's not spoken about in the United States Constitution. States do need to hash it out and pass their own laws to determine what regulation will be in place for abortion within their borders. Right. It boils down to, if it's not in the Constitution, it's a state's issue. The other thing I, that people don't realize is this is a political potato, hotball, whatever the term is. I forget what they used to call it. But in that potato, right, yes. This is something politicians want, want to stay away from. So in essence, to me, that's why this was never brought up in Congress. It's that divisive of an issue. Uh, and the Supreme Court was kind of like their cover because when this was always discussed or debated, the other side could never legally give it justification in terms of, 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 of outside of SCOTUS rule, you know? And I think most scholars eventually knew this day would come because it's kind of a no brainer in terms of where it belongs. And the hate that's being ginned up again, to me, tell, we're not going to talk about it, but just ties into how poorly our education system is, where people aren't taught, nor are they taught to critically think, you know, and, and, and we have a battle on our hands because we have a public that is uneducated. So let's take a look at that battle right now. 
And in California and in various other states, the Democratic Party is already ginning it up this way. They're taking your ability to have an abortion away, and we're going to save you. Now, that's how they're saying it. But yeah, they can save it at each state level, but that's not the message they're sending. They're sending a message of hate. So when you look at that Republican, all you see is somebody who took your rights away. The good thing for us is I don't think that's working as well. But from a political standpoint, what does the GOP have to do uh, locally, uh, state, state, local levels? And what do they have to do nationally? I don't know if they're two different strategies, but how do you see that? Sure. So the the talking point mantra that we're hearing is, is that Roe is on the ballot. And it goes back to kind of that, that I personally believe kind of a fear-mongering tactic of, of trying to suggest that if the House and the Senate flip, you're going to see a federal ban on abortion. Again, 2016, Republicans in control, no such thing. Now, you know, admittedly, you know, maybe there would have been this battle over, you know, whether they could or couldn't under the Roe decision, but the, the federal law was, was always what was the question of what would trump what in terms of the hierarchy of decision-making. Was it a federal law? Was it a state law? Was it the Supreme Court decision? So the right. Supreme Court decision basically has now pulled back this blanket or this cover that we were talking about here. And so they've left it to the states. If it ever became a federal law issue, because it's so controversial, it's going to have to be a constitutional amendment. What does this mean politically? Well, it means that there's a lot of politicians that know that voters didn't read the Constitution, didn't pass their eighth grade you know, civics class or, or at the level that it once was actually taught in the state of California. And they hear the talking points of, oh, no, if we get you know, this, you know, party in control, then it means, you know, this, even though that's not at all what the reality and what the facts are saying. So as a result, we're seeing a lot of California elected making this becoming that single issue vote. And the reason why it matters so much in California, and we'll talk about some of the other states in comparison to that, is just because of the number of congressional seats that are, are here and the ones that are even potentially up for grabs. Uh, you know, every seat is going to matter in the battle to retake the House or to take the House and control the House. And so the number of seats in California that are here will have a sway on that. Is it possible that the house is retaken without California? Uh, that's a, a nice little map game that we could probably talk about as we get closer to November of, you know, you know, which seats are going to go which way and, and how many seats are, you know, are going to go for each party in the house. But in California, every Democrat is making this the focal point and the central issue because they don't want to talk about homelessness. They don't want to talk about the horrible inflation, the abysmal economy that's going on. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, just before our, our podcast, or maybe an hour or so before, uh, Newsom did finally put out a, a tweet uh, about, oh, we've got a budget. I, th I think he finally realized, you know what, people do care about other issues besides abortion, especially in California. And maybe we should remind them that, you know, we are doing something about that budget. But right, between the economy, right. public safety, homelessness, those issues are all being swept under the carpet under this guise of abortion. Now, that said, 
is this issue enough to trump kitchen politics? And for the audience, kitchen politics, when you hear kitchen politics, what that individual, what we're talking about is issues that directly impact the family. It's called kitchen politics is in the old days, the husband and wife would be talking about how are we gonna pay the bills or what about this cost or that cost? And that's what's happening this cycle. So is this politics of hate strong enough to overcome kitchen politics for the average uh, individual? Well, I think uh, as we get closer to November, we're going to see just what those kitchen table politics issues are being discussed. Uh, I mean, you know, th this right now is going to be a little bit of a, of a topic at the kitchen tables of a lot of the homes in America, uh, and it will be kicked around. Is it still going to be the, at the forefront of that discussion in November if gas prices continue to sit at six and seven dollars a gallon, especially in California and and you know high fours and fives across the nation? Is, is it going to you know, be that way if the you know, inflation rates continue to rise as is seen to be very possible depending on international instability? There's very little talk about what's going on in international politics right now. And that's a little bit disturbing because the instability that takes place at that level has a significant economic effect. And so while this misdirection is going on of look over here, they're taking away your abortion rights, which is completely false and unfounded. First of all, I mean, it's not a right. And second of all, it hasn't been taken away. But regardless of both of those issues, that's consuming far too much oxygen in this conversation so that those other issues are, are not getting the attention that they need and deserve. You Will know, that happen in November? Not sure. You know, this trip to Saudi Arabia, I think the Democrats are hanging more on that than they're letting on. And the truth of the matter is, from my understanding, we pull back on Yemen. And that's where Saudi Arabia wants us to invest more to support them. You know, we're doing a lot for Ukraine, but we're letting a lot of people die in Yemen. You know, and, and the media does not talk about that. Again, the hypocrisy. But the reason I bring that up is I think that issue has this, uh, is very strong in the Saudis going, take a hike, Dementia Joe, or take a hike, Biden. Uh, I don't know, but if they don't get uh, uh, what they want out of Saudi Arabia and OPEC, I think this issue can, can, can get worse because they're still doing nothing to open up anything in the U.S. to ease this. And even Obama said, you know, well, what Biden is doing, Obama had called gimmicks in the past. So I don't see kitchen politics going away. But the one positive I do see with social media, the internet, a lot of uninformed, uh, let's go back to California real quick. And this isn't just California. You're talking the whole Southwest in Arizona, New Mexico, Texas, even in Florida. It'd be a lot of first and second generation immigrants. When I say second generation, the kids who still speak Spanish, who grew up like my parents, you know, the first ones here to America, not immigrants, but the first one here to America, but I grew up speaking both languages. They can't, the, a lot of times people don't realize we're clueless. We make a lot of assumptions, but now it's black and white. The Democrat party is full-throated in support of abortion, not for the first X amount of weeks, but to conception. And that is, uh, 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 as I said last right. time, that's uh, brown uh, until, 
Right. For, you're, you're, they're, they're supporting it uh, full term uh, without restrictions up until birth uh, in, in too many cases. And that's exactly what we're, we're seeing, especially in this knee-jerk extremist response. You know, California is going to have on the ballot uh, a, an amendment a proposition uh, to, to amend the state constitution uh, to enshrine abortion rights. Now, the problem with this on, on a number of levels is, is that the way that the amendment reads, there's, there's no restriction, there's no limitation. That, that's in contradiction to, to current law that we already have. And it's, it's out of the mainstream opinion as well. You know, when, when people drill down just a, a little bit on those polls about that most Americans support that, you know, that they wanted, you know, Roe to, you know, remain, you know, in place and that they didn't support the overturning of Roe. When, when asked a follow-up question to that as to whether or not they believe that there should be restrictions on viability, on age, on, you know, the going into that greater detail of just the protection of life as it get you know as as the as the baby gets closer to delivery people's opinions change with their comfort level of the taking of that life right and i think that's where we really need to focus this conversation and there also has been a complete absence of discussion and, and talking to your first point about that emotional component that is is being completely missed and needs to be drawn back in but redirected properly is is the harm to women that comes from abortion study after study case after case individual after individual will tell you that there is an emotional experience that each woman will have as a result of that abortion and more often than not it is not a positive emotional experience now it can vary in range but there are many women who will liken their experience with abortion to that of a trauma or a traumatic effect that has taken place in their life and this mantra of oh this is stripping women of their rights is just a fiction it is trying to blind them to the fact that what they're doing is actually self-harm right, and right. that conversation is not being had anywhere in the public square because it's oh we're you know rolling back you know rights 50 years ago it, it, it's like this it used to be all right that that Republicans and Democrats could at least agree that abortion was an undesirable outcome. Exactly. Okay. You know, uh, I mean, you know, Clinton, safe, legal, and rare. Okay. The, the rare component to abortion has been absolutely lost in the discussion. It is consistently about expanding access. It, it's about, if you break down expanding access, that's trying to say, have more abortions. I mean, even in Los Angeles County, you will read the, the documented paperwork that, that for women 45 and under, one in four pregnancies have ended in abortion. Wow. That's tragic. Wow. Okay. That, 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 that is, and that means that those women are carrying that experience with them. And there needs to be a lot more conversation about that. Because as we already face various episodes of mental health, whether it's anxiety, depression, uh, dependence, you know, substance abuse and dependency issues. All of these things are only made worse by experiences that are never well dealt with and, and that can be traumatic to an individual. And again, the studies clearly show that this, for 
far too many women is a traumatic experience. And that conversation, you don't hear brought up whatsoever by politicians with platitudes of trying to make this their political talking point for re-election. They right. don't care about the women as they're talking about this being a women's issue. And, and you know that what? needs to be hammered on them. Exactly. And, and you know who could lead that charge? Uh, oh my gosh, I'm drawing a blank here. Which one was Roe? Which one was Wade in the sense of the uh, abortion battle? Who was for who? Do you remember? I believe it was Jane Roe, which was actually a, uh, like a, a pseudonym, if I'm not. Although, actually, um, yeah, I, I feel like it was Jane Roe, but that, 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 that actually wasn't her I name. That's what I want to say. But, um, but, but no, normally it's, yeah, no, normally it's the, well, she could have been the plaintiff in that case. So yeah, normally it's plaintiff versus defendant, so. But, uh, that woman has wanted the SCOTUS to overturn or has wanted Roe versus Wade overturned. I mean, there's your best face for this. The individual who was responsible for Roe versus Wade now wants it overturned. And uh, I think all of that has to do with what you said. I, I, I've heard women talk and it breaks your heart because the women that I've heard talk, they're not young. They're like 50s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. And they've been carrying this pain since their 20s. Uh, uh, and some of them in their minds are, I murdered my child. And they struggle to get up every day. I've heard them talking. It's just, they cannot say the first few words without tears. And it's not an act. It's just, they carry that emotional pain. And I would imagine there's a lot of self-loathing uh, in those women. Uh, uh, Too often. Uh, because of, of what they've done. And, and yeah. My issue isn't, I am against uh, uh, abortion. I am pro-life, but I believe we have to have certain mechanisms in place, period. That's how, that's how I, that, that's just my belief, you know, but the, but nobody wants to talk about it. Uh, on our side, it's, it, it, it's God's will. And I'm like, that's not a winning argument. Uh, to me, the winning argument is that simple picture that shows the women and kind of the body and goes, that's one life and that's another life because scientifically that's what it is. And, and we need to use science. We need to use science in layman terms because at the end of the day, science now tells us, my belief was always from day one, once you get that heartbeat, it's a life. I am pro-life from that, you know, and that kept changing. Notice, remember how uh, uh, that kept getting less and less in terms of what states were passing. So it's a losing battle for the left. But I feel that, that, that we have Jerry Lewis managing the GOP at times in terms of, of how to battle. So let me ask you this, though. Uh, let's just make up a, a candidate, Joe Schmuckatelli. He's running in a congressional district. What message you as a campaign manager would you tell him to deliver, like say in a speech or, or what points do you want him to hammer in to, to, to about, about this, this SCOTUS decision to educate the individuals? Well, I think fundamentally that they need to just push back hard that no, this did not ban abortion. Okay. That that's not what happened. That this has brought the discussion back to the States. If they're running in California, then it's incredibly unlikely that there's going to ever be any change to what is already, you know, the California law of the land. If they're running in another state, then it may very likely not be popular in that state. I mean, Wyoming and South Dakota, abortion is not popular there. In fact, I think the, the one abortion clinic that was in Wyoming eventually shut down because there wasn't a demand for it. Right. Uh, you know, we, we see, you know, Christine O 
you know, certainly being bold um, in, in stances that are being taken there, because again, South Dakotans don't want abortion and they'll back that up. You know, then we see, you know, far more, you know, liberal states that, you know, still are, you know, I mean, there's there's six states that currently have abortion without restriction up to birth, which, you know, I, I think I think that's the, the second key point that's there is really talking about the science of the issue. So I think it's compassion for the women, uh, which we just talked about before. But the science of human development that's there, you know, you can even call it fetal development if you want. Fetuses are humans, okay, just like a teenager is a human. That's just a label that is given to a stage in human development, you know, toddler, infant, you know, th these are all just labels that are given to various stages of human development. California Science Center has an amazing display, okay, that, that shows life developing in the womb. There, there is no way that a person can scientifically look at a 24 week old child in the womb and not recognize that that's human life needing to be protected. And even right now under existing California law, it, that baby would be protected. If this constitutional amendment passes as currently written and without any clarification, which it doesn't appear that there will be whatsoever, you're going to have a conflict and a contradiction between a state amendment, a state constitutional amendment, and existing state law that actually protects children that are viable. And again, we're seeing viability even younger and younger than that. But I would push on compassion for the, for the women that there are two victims at least in every abortion, and the, the science of, of human development are places that are easy talking points and can refute easily the, the, the Democratic talking points by reminding them that voters can speak on this specific issue. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing partisan decision. You know, I, I'm also a believer in witnesses, for lack of a better word. If I'm on that campaign trail and I know women who have had abortions, I mean, that's what you have AIDS research and all that. I find those women who have those regrets, uh, not to sh use them as showpieces because you don't demean, that's demeaning somebody, but you get them to talk about their stories because there's nothing- And there are women powerful. who want to, yes. You know, there, there's nothing more powerful than that. And, and, and I, I don't know if you just said many women want to. Uh, there are, yeah. Is that, is that what you said? Yes. yes. And that <laughs> makes it even more powerful because they don't want their mistakes to be for younger people to make. When I teach people something about a screw up I did, I said, I'm telling you this, so you don't make the same business mistake I did, period. My job is to make sure you don't do stupid stuff I do. That's how we evolve and get better and businesses go from one level to the next. No different with abortion. Look, I believe it's a woman's choice, but I'm pro-life only because I just, I, I grew up with strong women and they can make decisions. I believe the failure that we're seeing is that what we talked about, that lack of education. Again, I go back to the sonogram. Once I saw it in six years in the military, there was not one time, not ever, ever, ever one time in the beginning, yeah, I'm pregnant, gonna be father. Cigars, all that type stuff, you know, getting drunk, hammered. Then you saw the change is when they, and it never failed. They came in with the sonogram. They had it and they pointed it out. Hey, this is this for us dumb idiots. Well, what am I looking at? You know, but you saw it, it did it, it went from cigars and getting drunk to, oh my God, I'm gonna be a father. 
you know, I mean, the responsibility. So, so, I mean, this is human nature. This has been happening since throughout the annals of time. And we seem to forget basics with ca campaigning the Republican Party. Uh, I believe you take that process, those, the, the, the women, those stories, but I don't think you're going to get the word out unless you start walking the beat again, start walking those streets. And, and do you think this issue is going to get this cycle of Republican candidates out to go walk their districts with this message? Or do you think they're still going to count on the mail order ballots? You know, it's kind of like, to get their message across. Right. Well, I, I don't think that there's a lot of Republicans that actually do want to talk about this issue because they don't feel comfortable with it for a number of reasons. I think that they should be countering the, the really bad talking points by the Democrats that we just talked about. And there's another word that I've seen kicked around a lot, especially again, it, on the, on the California side of things about, you know, our, our California values, and I would push back strongly and hard about that as well. It used to be a value in our country that we would defend the, the, the helpless, we would defend the weak, we would defend those who couldn't defend themselves. And what we have right now are those without a voice, unable to, to speak for themselves, that are not having any protection afforded to them. Right. And it, it's tragic because we were all at that stage of development and someone protected us and yet we will not return the favor of offering protection for the voiceless and the defenseless who just need time to grow that that's all that this is about this, this is honestly an, an ageist elitism it is essentially what this is about it, it's i'm older than you are so i don't have to you know protect you defend you it, it is I, I don't even have to acknowledge you because you're too young and you have no voice. That that's that's what this is coming down to. Right. And 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 we're not gonna we're gonna lose even worse if that's the case, because if they hear just because they're going to be hammering their points of hate in. And that's my issue with the Republican Party. You know, one reason my previous business was uh successful, it was one of the the, the most successful within my industry was because people thought I love confrontation. I don't, I loathe it. But I do know this, if you don't resolve issues or, or educate your employees so they understand why you're working, the job you are, you're gonna be part of the 90% of mom and pop businesses that fail, you know? And, and this is a great opportunity to go in there and educate, even on the main points, as you, as you say, you know, uh, about states' rights versus uh, uh, federal rights in basic issues. But me, I'm just tired. I'm the type of guy, if I'm a candidate, and this is what I would encourage candidates, have pictures of some of those uh, abortions uh, uh, near the birth uh, stage. You Because that's what we don't do. A leftist will throw pictures of anything to make to gain an edge. I say we show the truth. The truth trumps all. Oh, that's a gimmick. No, it's not. That's a, that's, that's, that's a murder on that table right there. And these people need to understand that's what they're condoning is murder when it can be prevented. Not to mention, there's so many other avenues, adoption uh, uh, being one of the main avenues. People don't remember before Russia shut down the uh, uh, the uh, adopt the baby, you, you could get there. I mean, there were tens of thousands of babies coming out of Russia and China, you know? Yep. You know so, so there's various ways to combat this, but if we stay silent on this, we will lose. I mean, just the hate alone. In fact, there's the uh, 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 
they're trying to sit there and say taking this away means that uh, we're condoning forced pregnancy. Every time I see that on a timeline, I go, forced pregnancy is rape. You didn't have a choice in getting pregnant. Every other instance is not. It's your choice. Regardless of the outcomes, you chose to have sex. You know, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's the truth. Like AOC was saying, they're forced pregnancy. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, on the sailor side, somebody said, I am pro-choice. I am pro-condoms. You know, so you know, it, so it, it's silly as it sounds. There's so many ways to combat this, and 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 if our candidates are too scared, we should not be. Uh, Re-electing them during the primaries. I mean, uh, 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 I'm sorry, whatever the term is, but the but general, right? Yeah, we don't do that, and, and it seems like a vicious cycle. What can what can we do? When I say we, just in general, what do the politicians, the party, even though they're not really doing this, but what must happen to get that candidate, that Republican candidate, to talk about this? Because you're right, they don't want to talk about this, but if they don't, they're going to lose. Well, it's interesting because. Kevin McCarthy, our, you know, uh, you know, would be future speaker if he can, you know, get the, uh, you know, enough uh, Republicans elected to Congress, uh, was actually tweeting pretty consistently on the, on the Dobbs decision. Uh, and part of that is because uh, that, that's very good for his fundraising. Um, a lot of his fundraising comes from those that are pro-life and that are, you know, wanting to see this issue championed, you know, further. And so he's not going to miss that opportunity to certainly, you know, kind of throw some red meat at conservatives because, you know, Republicans overwhelmingly, uh, over 60%, um, you know, actually, uh, in just a, a recent poll I happened to look at, I'm sure there's other ones with, with other numbers, but this particular one, at least 60% of Republicans, you know, were, you know, supportive of the uh, Roe decision, you know, being overturned. I think I've seen that in certain polls as high as 80% um, were supportive of, of Roe being overturned. So, so by all means, you're going to see, you know, Kevin McCarthy, you know, you know, push out the, those positions and those statements of, you know, this is where we're at. There's, you know, still, you know, more to be done. And so to use this, you know, for fundraising purposes that are there. It wouldn't surprise me if we'll see other congressional candidates in, in more traditionally safe seats or safe, you know, districts use it that way. Probably not California, uh, although there might be uh, some, uh, like say in the north part of the state, um, that, that might uh, kind of pattern that. But the one thing that I... Oh, real quick, I was just saying the one thing that I found kind of interesting, though, is, is that CAGOP has not yet issued a statement on Dobbs. And I think that that's because they're still wrestling through how do we respond to this so that our vulnerable candidates that aren't able to, to you know, nuance and come through with just powerful enough, you know, talking points to overcome the Democratic deception how do we defend them? How do we deflect? I mean, literally their press statements were, were all about, you know, the gas, you know, tax and prices and, and you know, fire season. But I mean, it, it practically ignored the fact that we had a historical and momentous Supreme Court decision overturning Brown. And so it, it was it was a little um, you, you obvious know, that something was missed. That's incompetence. They've known for months now about this potential decision and not to have something ready is nothing but sheer incompetence and not surprising to me. We have, a this is me speaking, I care, and as a Latino, I'll say it. We have a token Latina as our chair in a fixed election, not fixed as you would traditionally think, but through the proxy system we have. And 
we're still losing as, as, as badly as ever, you know, and, and, and but not to have a response ready is sheer incompetence. I want to get back to something you said about how uh, our candidates here will play that. David Valadao, is that, is that who it is? David Valadao, yes. Valadao. He's in a rural area. Yes, he is. With, he ended, with, Judy Salas, if I'm not mistaken. a lot of Latinos. Now, here's something that the left would say, see, he's being racist derogatory, but I'm not. It's a fact. Most Latinos or rural workers tend to be uneducated and have a strong grip on God. That's how we're brought up. That's how we're raised. And my point in bringing this up is these are now Democrats. He can win. Before, I think the, 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 the left would go to them, hey, it's that white, evil, rich barrenness of a farmer, you know, yada, yada, yada. But here's something that he can connect with, with his voters there. This, because correct me if I'm wrong, but that's one of the, I don't want to say toss up elections, but it, it, it's more. It's going to be close. Yeah. yeah. So no, I mean, at this is if, if Baladao was too scared to bring this up, then he's bringing about his own potential demise because this is something that once they learn that, and I saw this firsthand and I talked to somebody who did it firsthand in Riverside, educating the, a lot of uh, non-speaking, some of them were not speaking, uh, rather non-English speaking individuals who assumed their representative was a uh, pro-life, you know? So to me, this is low dangling fruit. I hate to put it in that term because uh, it's a serious issue, but at the end of the day, that's what it is. Uh, any thoughts? Am I looking at this completely wrong, or there's no relevance, or 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 how do you see that that race breaking down? I mean, I think that you know there'll be some pretty extensive polling that'll probably be done. But yes, I mean, you know, historically speaking, and you know, traditionally speaking, and even demographically speaking, you would be inclined to think that those, those traditional family values uh, would be issues to certainly put forth in conversation in that district. And so, you know, I, I hope that that Valadeo uh, can speak, you know, strongly and, and passionately and powerfully and go back to that value issue that, you know, that this is a question of, you know, life. This is a question of, you know, defending the, the helpless. This is a question of that, you know, Again, your, your your traditional you know Latino families you know are are pro life exactly that they're they're Catholic they're pro life and you know they are are not you know typically going to be supportive of a position that goes contrary to that. Now he's going to still have to address those other kitchen table issues that you know we were talking about earlier on uh, you know in the show as well because I don't think that they're solely and completely single issue voters. And that's really what I think this is going to come down to is how much this one single issue um, is going to have a impact on voters or whether or not they, you know, are going to break out of this, you know, because th this is still early on. I mean, this is June and the election isn't until November and there's a long way to go from June to November before, you know, voters, you know, actually cast that ballot. And even though, yes, they'll get their ballots in October and so it's a little shorter, but the, the reality is, is that short-term memory of voters is a real thing and they're fired up right now, but whether or not this is remaining the fired up issue, September, October, when those ballots, you know, are actually hitting, 
right. that you, still remains to be seen. You know, it, it's so many months, and this has been an unpredictable year. Uh, how fast inflation rose, even though a lot of people predicted it, uh, uh, and, and not necessarily the, the inflation that came second because the, people noticed the cost of the food, not realizing the deflation. So the term inflation doesn't become the norm until the gas price discussion, the beef discussion. Remember the bacon discussion, seventy-two dollars for a pound. You know all that, and then eventually the next phase is this is inflation. You know, and uh, 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 so it, it's kind of a layered effect because what's next after inflation? We're getting ready to hit an official recession. And then, so, so you get another term. So this is not voting well for Democrats. So the SCOTUS gun decision, the SCOTUS uh, uh, Roe versus Wade decision, the, to me, right now, that's all Democrats have. But Ukraine isn't getting better. That could get worse. You know, they they predicted Russia's downfall at the beginning of this Ukraine war. And I'm like, y'all not ever see Afghanistan. Y'all not ever see any of the last uh, uh, non-war conflicts we had. You know, y'all actually study strategy. You know, these numbers of, of, of well, our tacticians said that they would take it in a month. I'm like, are you... Just to give you a point, these are num this is what they were telling uh, at the turn of the century uh, uh, in the 1920s uh, about Central America and American city Marines. We can handle this, not realizing these people are fighting for their lands. These people are fighting for, for, for what they feel is all they have left uh, or they're going to die. You know, so we always, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, 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 miscalculate the human spirit. And, and and so so my point being is Ukraine I think has still got lots of room to blow up on, and and I think that's still going to have a major effect. And and, and my point being is some of the some of the the what the Democrats want out of uh, this decision politically may not just be their kitchen politics trumping it or not. Foreign policy may come in. It just seems that nothing has gone right. Do you see any silver lining, Karen? For the Democrats at this point in time, if we had to go to the voting booth uh, next week, do you see any silver lining for 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 the Democrats that that, that, that they could go? No, this red wave is not going to happen. Well, I think if it was next week, they, they would ride um, higher numbers on on this decision because I, I do think that there is a lot of passion and emotion um, that is is driving people out right now. It's not driving people out at the numbers that they thought that it was, even at the, the protest rallies, uh, we're not seeing that. Um, thankfully, um, even um, the threats against pregnancy centers, which are a very real thing, yes. uh, you, know, uh, you know, there have been attacks. Ironically, the attacks more oftentimes are in states with the most liberal abortion laws. Uh, Colorado has seen them, uh, other, uh, uh, I believe up in uh, the Portland area, if I'm not mistaken, um, you know, there have been attacks. But I mean, you know, there was a group called Jane's Revenge um, that issued, you know, you know, warnings and statements that actually had LAPD on alert. Uh, like I say, uh, you know, congressional members, you know, were certainly reaching out to, you know, organizations of faith, pregnancy centers, things of that nature, warning them, you know, to be, you know, heightened and be aware. All of that to say, though, is, is that there hasn't been as much of that visceral reaction that was potentially seen to be coming. Uh, we are seeing it, but we're not seeing it in, you know, numbers that might represent, you know, true gains or losses if, if that election, you know, was, was next week. I right. think the other thing that, that uh, you know, is going to be at least 
reflective and, and, and somewhat representative of where the people really are at is going to be that 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 constitutional amendment um, that's going to go to the voters in November. Uh, I think it's possible that that could maybe and and this is very much a hypothesis not a theory like i say testing it out but i don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility to at least to you know hypothesize that it could be more competitive than even possibly state candidate races so you know in our state candidate races we expect a pretty much 60 40 split it's going to run on partisan lines it, it just you know and we've talked a lot about that in past shows you know it'll be Oh, I was just gonna say it'll be interesting though if this state amendment, this proposed state amendment, maybe doesn't fall closer to maybe a 45-55 split. Maybe the Latinos do get fired up and actually do. Maybe you know, like I say, maybe they still vote, you know, Democrat, you know, another, you know, components, but maybe the Catholic Church, maybe the evangelical church gets that message out on this particular issue that this is extremist and knee jerk. It did not think through viability at all. It didn't think through human development, science, it doesn't do anything for women. Maybe it becomes at least competitive on the ballot rather than just an automatic sweep as it's being pitched by the legislators now. You know, I, I kind of think because the, I, like you said earlier, it's not a topic politicians want to talk about. That's why I think this change of the Constitution to our Constitution, the state's going to fly by. The only way it doesn't is if they're able to explain in layman terms what abortion up to conception is. Because as you said, up to birth, up to birth, up to birth. I'm sorry. Conception is what is, yeah. Yeah. Abortion up to birth, right. Up yes. To birth. Uh, and again, I'm like, you got to be graphic with people because sometimes that's when they get it. Here's an abortion of the birth. You know, I would use that, that ex-Virginia governor. You know, the baby can be born okay. The mother's okay. Everything's okay. Then we put him in the room. Then we're going to talk about murdering that baby if the mother wants, you know, between the mother and doctor. He didn't use the term murder. I would. I'm an Alinsky believer when it comes to political battles because you fight the left with their own weapons. If Russia sends atomic weapons our way or nuclear weapons, you don't think we're not going to retaliate? It's, it's you got to fight fire with fire. One reason this pendulum swung so far to the left is because Republicans don't. They run away. So, so my next question to you is kind of twofold. Do you see, well, first of all, my belief in business, well, you don't like the way that company works, then quit and start your own. My belief is you don't like that state's laws, then move to a state where they are amicable to you. The pushback is, well, I have a right to live in a state. And I'm like, no, you don't. You know, but that's the mentality, meaning my right and my beliefs, I don't care if I'm the only person in this state, the rest of the state has abide by my rights and beliefs. So, so I don't think that argument works. So my belief has always been go to the state. Do you see a more splitting up of our country becoming more redder and more bluer because of Roe versus Wade? I, I think that we're going to see probably a clearer delineation in terms of the law in those states. Yes, I don't necessarily know that anyone's going to truly move states uh, because of this issue. I mean, you may have people travel to other states. And I mean, obviously, you know, that's been, you know, a big talking point and things like that. But, you know, I, I don't necessarily know. If you're trying to get to a state that allows abortion, you don't need to come all the way to California to do it, uh, you know, depending on where you're at. 
uh, you know, there, there's going to be, I mean, you know, depending on where you're at in the country, Colorado is probably going to be closer to you. You know, Oregon, Washington. I'm sorry. It depends on the cost. If it's free here, like they're saying, we're going to get them in, even from the East Coast, somebody will buy a $500, well, in a state where it's already legal, hey, free, right, free trip to California, even though I live in Massachusetts where, you know, it's, you know, legal, right, okay, exactly. gotcha, okay. No, it sounds silly, but yes, and the other thing I think that this could drive out more conservatives uh, out of the state, uh, not because they believe or don't believe, but our taxes are just going to keep going up and up. The, we're not talking uh, 10, 20 million. We're talking hundreds of millions over time here, you know, and that, that money's got to come from somewhere, you know, so it, it, it's just going to be higher taxes, higher taxes. I mean, look at Newsom. He really doesn't want to give us a, a tax break because their whole plan is to normalize these high prices, then to shift us to uh, uh, electric cars, which are just, as, uh, which are, uh, are inefficient in many ways. And create greater uh, pollution uh, uh, because of the disposal issues. So so, so I think you're going to see conservatives. I've actually talked to my wife. And I said, this could be the tipping point for us because if this goes for free and we start becoming the state uh, 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 holiday in of people coming in for their abortion, and it may not be just uh, uh, other states. A lot of Mexicans uh, from Mexico, because it's a border, will come up. Uh, uh, people will fly in from other countries. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds stupid and silly, but think of how stupid and silly we were in our early 20s. I could see somebody going, uh, when you have a shirt that says nine abortions and counting, your mentality's off. I can see people creating trips to California around abortion, then going to Disneyland. Don't mock me, don't laugh at me because that mentality is out there. I guess what I'm saying is this can get bad. Am I that off? Well, what I will, I'll, I'll say this um, to that point is, is that you're, you're at least correct on the amount of money that could potentially be spent and is already being budgeted. Uh, the that tweet that we were talking about in terms of the budget from the governor, I believe actually designated 200 million for reproductive care, you know, money's going to that. And, and by reproductive care, you know, that was essentially to support abortion is, is, right. is what Newsom is basically saying. Oh, oh, um, could the pro, I forget what they're called, the family pregnancy centers, you know, the people who try to educate, do you... I guess what I'm asking is, what are the odds of them seeing one dime from that? Because you have to apply for these grants at the end of the day. You have to really apply for the money and they deem it. Is, could that wind up in, with legal issues if they just deny it all to those centers and just for abortions? Because you're right. They're, 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 they're casing it as they always do. They lie with the words uh, to make it sound palatable. But in reality, it's just for abortion. Yeah, most of the pregnancy centers want to be super careful about how any like state money, most of them do not have any state money given to them or take any state money uh, because they do not want, you know, any, uh, oh. uh, they don't want the states to dictate to them, uh, you know, policies, practices and procedures uh, within, you know, th their walls. Um, you know, if it's a medically licensed clinic, then they operate, you know, within, you know, the medically licensed, you know, parameters for, you know, a medically licensed clinic in the state of California. Uh, but that doesn't mean that they need to take state dollars to have the any uh, further influence or say or you know over uh arching influence uh you know by by the state into into their practices that they want to keep the state out because they don't want the state to dictate well this is what you have to say exactly. because you've gotten money from us i i completely 
and give you that example, forgot about that, but you're right. That is actually a main reason a lot of people don't take, it, it happened to us. We were, an investor wanted to invest in our money. And I was like, first of all, that money's only gonna last from here to here, but you're gonna still be dictating to us what we can or can't do. Uh, people look at me as a kid. I act like a kid and I love being, having that personality. When I sold my business and if I was owner, I would never have signed a deal. I still called the shots at my company. We became a subsidiary. The parent company had no say. They had no legal ability to come in and dictate to us. Every time we did a project, they had to ask, I mean, they asked us. They didn't have to ask us. And I would just, every single time I was in bewilderment. Well, how did I, how was I able to negotiate that? You know, because uh, uh, you're right. These family pregnancy centers, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's somebody at the state level waiting for somebody to accept the money so they can come in and start dictating. And they just had a big uh, SCOTUS decision themselves a few years ago when California was trying to dictate that they had to have a, uh, 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 something stipulating abortion, you can get abortion here or there, something like that, where they had to put it on everything. And luckily the, the Supreme Court saw it for what it was. So I, right. I think- it, it, had to, it had to do with whether or not a pregnancy center that you know um, had to refer to abort, had to refer for abortions or not, or whether they had the free speech to decline a uh, abortion referral. And yes, right. the Supreme Court uh, ruled in their favor that they were not required um, to refer, um, you know, uh, for abortions. So, right. In fact, that was one of the first paper articles I wrote uh, regarding uh, SCOTUS, and this is why the left can win the battle. It's extremely difficult at times to translate these legal terms and, and what has happened legally into layman terms. Because when you put it in layman terms, you're leaving so much of it out, your critics can attack it. But when you start putting more in there, it just gets convoluted. And, and what should have been a short synopsis was like this long drawn out, miserable task I had. And, and as, as I do use a couple of programs to check the reading level, it was like, College, college. I'm trying to get it down to eighth grade level. It's, it's extremely difficult. You know, I, I guess, Karen, I view this as an extremely emotional issue, but I've always believed the internet is uh, the great equalizer, which is why I believe the left wants to completely control the internet. We saw how powerful social media was because they all worked for the left. You know, you can look at the data and it's fact. <laughs> they were, how they vote, the messages, who they blocked. I mean, did Twitter actually ever block uh, leftists and go, oh, this was my mistake after the pressure got up? No. So, so I think that the left is going to have greater difficulty in winning this battle, but only if the Republican Party can get off their tush, grow a spine, and talk. This is like the parents and the sex and the bees. Nobody wants to have that conversation. The kid doesn't want to hear his parents talking about this is a condom, this, you know, and the parent feels awkward, you know, this is that type of conversation. Now, I brought up David Valadao. Are there any races at the congressional level uh, that you think this could play a factor in today? And like, like you said, it could change on the road, but, but right now? Sure. Well, like I said, I think I think all of the competitive congressional seats in California are, are certainly going to try to use this as an issue um, to their advantage. Christy Smith, you know, up against Mike Garcia in 27 was already, you know, spouting, you know, a, a good bit of this in, you know, recent tweets that were there. Uh, you know, there have been, you know, you know, targets, you know, in various 
uh, media sources, usually, you know, uh, articles that have been written that are going after Michelle Steele and Young Kim, both of whom, you know, have, you know, good records of, you know, supporting life, you know, in Congress and, and their records of being pro-life are, are now under attack. Uh, so, you know, yes, I, I think that, you know, we are going to see, you know, congressional races where this will be a hot topic issue. And I think that most of them will actually be in California. You know, uh, you know, in, in Texas, you know, we see you know, uh, our, you know, one of that, uh, of the, the newer, you know, Congresswoman there that flipped, you know, the seat, uh, Myra, remember her last name by any chance? Uh, Flores, Flores. Flores, yes, Myra Flores. She, she's out there, you know, speaking strongly on this issue in a very, you know, positive and pro way. And, you know, that's the type of voice that, you know, we want to see, you know, uh, go forth and champion a, a pro-life message and, you know, as a winner um, in her seat. So, you know, I think, I think that, you know, we can see it, you know, done properly, but I, th I think it's going to be uh, an uphill battle for, for those California congressional seats, especially the ones that, you know, could be the most competitive. I think, you know, in other states, you know, there might be, you know, a handful here or there, but I think that, that generally speaking, this particular issue is more of a fundraising issue. It's more of a firing up issue. It's more of, pardon the pun on firing up, considering our fired up show. It, it's more of a trying to push out, again, a very populist, you know, uh, drive of, you know, it's, you have a lot of apathy that's going on right now within the electorate. And so this is an attempt to overcome that apathy and give people a reason to turn out and be passionate about turning out. So it's trying to drive up the passion level, whether it will drive up the actual vote turnout. Well, okay, we saw a dismal turnout on, on the primary, at least was in California, it was a 25% turnout um, that was there. So so Democrats need something to, to get people to turn out. Now, the general generally has them turning out in higher numbers just because people show up for the general when they don't always show up for the primary. Again, whether this is the issue that's going to get them to turn out, we're, I think we're too far out to be able to really uh, make that determination. But I think it's much more of a passion issue and it's an attempt to overcome apathy. Uh, I but, agree with you uh, yeah. uh, 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 on the surface and, and deeply as well, but there's that one factor too of educating your voters. And, and I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but there's a lot of Latinos who are pro-life and if they could just get their, if they could decide one day, okay, it's a democratic Latino district. Instead of going, we're not worried about that. We're going to focus on our voters. Send somebody there. You know, to talk to them and you'll be shocked, California. Hell, you got a Latina as your chair. She should know this. And if she doesn't know this, tell her, go talk to your parents and they can tell you. Or do I have to talk slower, Jessica? You know, I'm just not a fan. You know, I'm not a fan of somebody who enriches themselves off of other people's hardships. And every time we lose an election, it's greater hardships on the constituency. Am I lying when I sit there say, look at the hardship of paying for gas. Look at the hardship of shopping for groceries. Look at the hardships we've had to deal with, with increasing blackouts year after year after year, because we're, we're removing our energy sources, but can't replace them with green, you know? So, so I think these are issues that, that, that one of many more that we can win. And, and uh, uh, I'm actually uh, 
we'll be getting more involved at, at, in my area. And that's one of the questions I'm going to have for my candidates. You know, I've got two Republicans. I want to know which one is not going to be afraid to have the spine to go out to the people and talk to them. Because I'll be honest, uh, that's the candidate I will support. You know, and I got to be yes. honest, our current incumbent has given one town hall by Zoom this past year uh, since I've been here in 2002. Now, granted, she's only been in the cycle for maybe 10, uh, 10, eight to 10 years, I would imagine. But still, never seen that candidate out except for her emissary. And I'm sorry, we did not elect him to uh, office. So I'm really fascinated about this, Karen. Uh, I know there were some points you wanted to talk to, and, and I want to make sure I brought them all up. Is there anything that we're missing that you think that this audience should should be aware of? I, I think that you know we're you know we're seeing you know a, a lot more you know comments from elected officials that should be challenged as in as many ways as as they possibly can. And I think that that's really where we can get this conversation and this narrative and this dialogue and this discussion to move to a place of it being about compassion for women, it being about the science of human development, it can be about the value of defending the voiceless and the defenseless. And I think we need to hammer those points home because I think that they rebut the, the Democrat talking points most effectively. And I think that they are too often missed in this conversation. And it helps to do exactly what you were talking about, about bringing it down, down to that layman's argument. You know, as much as yes, we do want to also counter the narrative of this didn't actually ban abortion so that people don't have that misconception. They're not going to take a constitution test and they're not going to pay attention to the fact of that it needs to be a constitutional amendment and the hurdles that it would take to, you know, make a constitutional amendment to either, you know, enshrine abortion at a national level or to overturn it and to, to ban it at a national See, in my most humble opinion, a constitutional amendment, a U.S. constitutional amendment on abortion. And, and that's what would that topic would, would go to. And, and I think I think driving that talking point is, is more for the academics and more for the, the pundits. And I think it's worth commenting in certain circles. But I do think for every elected official that's out there saying, oh, this is a woman's rights issue and this is about protecting women, that argument should be countered with it's not protecting women, it does harm to women, it's not compassionate to women whatsoever to push this as the solution for problems that they're already in and that they will still be facing even after making this choice. Karen, do you see any way they could tie COVID into this. And what I mean by that, these same people screaming all this on the left were wanting to shove a needle in us with something that we didn't know what was in it at first. You know, now we're starting to hear reports uh, of, 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 the, uh, of, of the portion in the commercial. They tell you what the, how the drug helps you in a, in a 90 second commercial and 80 seconds is all about the side effects. We're starting to see a lot of side effects starting to come out with this stuff. Is there any way they can tie in the, they wanted to shove a needle in us with something experimental and now they're saying, leave us alone to show the hypocrisy. I don't even know if that would help, but to me, yeah. it, it should be explored in some way. I've definitely seen some individuals commenting because you, you, you did have people that, you know, 
posted, tweeted, et cetera, you know, something along the lines of, I mean, there was at least one that I saw, it's purely anecdotal. It's not a direction that, that I would really go because I, I think that it has a tendency to stir up further controversy in the wrong way. Abortion's a controversial enough issue as it is. Keeping it singular and focused to that topic, I think is much more effective than trying to drag in other controversial issues. Uh, Newsom tried to do that with, with gun laws and tried to you know, equate uh, abortion and gun laws. And he does this sort of like muddled gymnastics to do that. I think that the COVID argument is there. I did see one tweet from one person who was like, you know, mandate vaccines now. And then like, you know, months later with the, the you know, abortion decision of, you know, it's, it's my body and, you know, my choice and, you know, you know, no one but me is able to make a medical decision about my body, you know, and, and so it was, it was grossly contradictory in, in those two, you know, uh, tweets that were, you know, grabbed and screenshotted and snapped and then reposted. So yes, there is some of that, but I think it, it takes the focus away from what we need to be talking about compassion for women, the science of human, you know, development and life and the value of defending the voiceless and the innocent. Right. Now, uh, uh, I keep thinking, hey, we're going to close this out. We're doing well. But I keep getting more questions. Now, Matt Walsh tweeted out, let's make abortion illegal now. I don't know if he was joking. I kind of assumed it was. Then I saw the seriousness of all the responses. And you talked about this earlier tonight uh, uh, at the start of the podcast. But to reiterate to the audience, this is why Roe versus Wade was overturned, was because uh, 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 it's a state issue. Making it a federal law, wouldn't the same thing pretty much happen here? Just to close, I mean, I want, I just, you talked about it once. I just want to put it, uh, 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 close out the show with with your thoughts on that. Uh, I mean, I guess what I'm asking because, is, talk right, like that, does the, it hurt us? Well, because of the controversial nature of abortion, it is extraordinarily unlikely that you're ever going to see a federal law come out of Congress alone on this topic. And again, I, I can't reiterate enough that there have been opportunities where the a, a singular party has been in control of the House, the Senate, and the White House. 2016, we saw it with Republicans. Uh, you know, th there have been occasions, you know, where it was, you know, controlled, you know, by Democrats. And in neither case are you seeing a federal law come out about abortion? Because the reality is, is that the next time those three offices and those three bodies, if you will, are controlled by, you know, a singular, you know, party on the other side, they, it will just become this back and forth. It, the closest thing we see is like the Hyde Amendment, uh, you know, with, with that process, you know, depending on who the president is. We're not going to see this as a federal law. The only way to actually either overturn abortion and abolish it and ban it entirely, or to codify it and enshrine it and declare it a constitutional right, either side would have to get a constitutional amendment passed. A constitutional amendment is not going to be passed on this topic because you need two thirds of the House, two thirds of the Senate, and three fourths of the states to all agree on the language. That, that is not even remotely close to where we are at as a country, as a nation. And, and what we're seeing after this decision reiterates that fact extraordinarily well. This is a state's issue and it's gonna be determined state by state with the overturning of, of Roe and the Dobbs decision. I think most people are naive because of what we see from mainstream media 
They make the minority of the country sound like the majority. Like you said, with the polling, most people just polling abortion. Yeah, yeah. But then when you sit there and say, well, at what point should it end? That's when the the those numbers at 80%, they're always bragging about drops down to 40%, you know. No, Lower than that, you know, usually. Yeah, about 30. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think yeah, a child is not abortion, you know. And, and, and uh, so so the difficulties of all this, uh, as you said, it just it just makes it an impossibility. But again, voting on the day of for that candidate is based on emotional hate from the Democrats. And and, and Karen, uh, I hope the Republican Party nationally and especially in California can look at this battle uh, kind of like that gladiator before he goes into the arena in the Roman era, knowing there's a good chance he's going to be into a brutal, bloody. Uh, spar a uh, fight that he or she may not come at him, but you got to go in their arm with the facts, the truth. And there's a reason we selected you as a candidate because we believe you can get your message across to the people. And if you don't do that, I won't be voting for you in the next primary. Karen, any final words before we call it a night? No, I think uh, I would definitely say match up those candidate statements with uh, what they're saying. Uh, and, and I do think that it'll be fun to see what we do uh, see coming out from some of our statewide candidates uh, and the CAGOP, uh, even even our uh, attorney general candidates uh, are definitely making this a hot topic issue. So we'll, we'll keep that as a teaser for, for next time because uh, a little birdie told me that uh, there might be a uh, new position statement coming from uh, one of the attorney general candidates that yeah. uh, in, in response and some clarification uh, to to a tweet that was made. So uh, we'll, we'll throw that out as a teaser because I'm curious to see what may or may not come from it. But uh, see Outstanding. what happens. Outstanding. And, and everyone, you can get fired up and big questions with Big John, points on the board, uh, all at sportsgrumblings.com. Please not only listen, but make sure you share it. You know, and Karen, it's always wonderful to have you. And uh, what I'm going to make sure gets done is I know you have a couple of articles you've written over the last month. I'll make sure I want to make sure that gets into the chapter list topics so people can uh, head over and read your work as well. But as always, thank you for coming on. And everyone else, we will see you next time on Fired Up. William, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much as well. Appreciate it.